How's it going, Exchange? Good? Woo! Man, I just want to say I'm so excited to be here, but first I got to thank your pastor, uh, Mark and Michelle. Can you just show them some love? I mean, they're an incredible couple uh, that just love you guys so much, and, and he just, I mean, it just radiates how much he loves this group right here. And so I'm so thankful for him, so thankful for this, this house that I get to be a part of, and I want to start tonight actually by confessing something to you guys. I know he said I get to work with our, our middle school and high schoolers, which I love them to death, but... I got to say, there's a special place in my heart for this group. Um, I got to work with young adults for about three years uh, in my own, uh, where I came from. And so uh, to be here, I was driving over and I started feeling like those first date butterflies. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like you're getting a little like you're excited, but you're anxious and like all that stuff was going on. And so I was feeling that because I've been a secret admirer of your guys' for a while. Pastor Mark doesn't know this, but I've been excited and thrilled that I got invited to finally come and speak and share with you guys because I just have a special place in my heart for this age group because I believe where you're at in life, the stage that is, stages that you're in, you impact the world in a completely different way than any other age group can. Um, and so I want you to know, I first off, I believe in you guys, and, and knowing that I've been a part of and leading young adult ministry, there was something that I, I got really good at uh, working with. Um, I was really maneuvering over some situations with young adults, and, and it comes down to this thought of the, the he said, she said kind of stuff. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like he said this thing and she said that thing. And it really revolves sometimes around relationships, you know, like a boyfriend, girlfriend kind of thing. They broke up. This is what he said about her. This is what she said about him. And so you're trying in your mind, who's, who's telling the truth, right? Like, wh- like who's saying the right thing? Who's telling us what actually happened? Um, what I learned in my time of doing uh, young adult ministry was that there's always that third person, and it's the they, it's the them, it's the friends of those two people. And you go to them, that third party, and you say, okay, what really happened? What's the real truth? Because they're going to be the ones that tell you what really happened. It's not more the he said, she said kind of thing. It's, okay, what did they say? And what is the truth? Because here's the thing, there is a truth, right? And so like Pastor Mark said, Pastor House started this series for you guys with what, things that Jesus never said. And I think it's really interesting that the world we live in today, this is an issue. I mean, can you agree with me? Can you see that? That people are saying, this is what Jesus said. This is what he's claiming. This is what the Bible says. When in reality, it's not true. When in reality, that's not actually what he said. And we have to have a series like this to say, hey, this is what he truly said. Because here's the truth. Sometimes we have to pull apart the false things the lies to actually get to the deeper truth, to get to the real truth. And tonight we're going to do that together. Is that okay? Can we do that together? Yeah? Awesome. All right. So, hey, here, tonight I want to unpack one truth that actually has a a big impact in my life. It, It was something that I actually had to confront in my early 20s. And it's this thought that Jesus never said that God will not give you more than you can handle. That God will not give you more than you can handle. Now, here's the thing. That sounds like an incredible, like, quote, right? Like, I'm going to put that on my coffee mug. I'm writing that on my Instagram post. Like, that's a good-sounding phrase. But here's the truth. It's not what Jesus said. And tonight, I want to show that, share that with you, how this is not exactly what Jesus said, because here's the thing. When we come up with these simple, easy quotes, these simple, easy lines that we can just put together, that we can post, that we can share with a friend, that we can even say in, an, in a moment of encouragement to a friend, hey, God, hey, God, God is not going to give you more than you can handle. What we're actually doing is we're obscuring truth. 
And when you obscure truth, you're telling a lie. And that's what this phrase does. It obscures the truth to the point that it's telling a lie. Because here's the thing. Jesus never promised health. He never promised wealth. And he never promised happiness. He didn't promise those things to us. He didn't promise us that if you seek him with all of your heart, if you do his will, that your fantasy football team's never gonna lose. He didn't say that. He didn't say if you seek first the kingdom of God, that your car will never break down. He never said that if you take up your cross and follow me, that you'll never get turned down for that first date. He never said those words, but for some reason, we think that this Jesus thing we come to, this, this Christian idea of, hey, if, if I go to God, if I do all these right things, things will be good. I won't have any bad days. Everything will be good. When in reality, I believe that Jesus is actually gonna sh- show us that he doesn't say that, he actually says the opposite. He shares the opposite with us. And here's the thing, when we get into the spot of believing a lie like that, right, it does a couple things. It causes false hope. It causes also errors. And there's two twin errors that I actually want to just share with you that this quote of I, God won't give me more than I can handle can do in our head and in our hearts. The first one is this, that trials are fair. And the second one is that there's a power within. Here's the thing, tra- fairness, we like it when it's in our favor. But when it's not in our favor, we're not, we're not a fan of, being, of playing fair, of it being fair. I have a, a four-year-old son. He would tell you he's five because he turns five soon, but he's four right now. And uh, he's, he's, a, he's a big little kid. I mean, he's, he's pretty tall for his age. He's pretty strong. Um, and he wants to help mom take in the groceries. And so I'll give him a couple bags here. But here's the thing. I'm not loading him with a bag of apples, with my unsweetened vanilla almond milk, with my carton of eggs, and my frozen chicken. Because as soon as that kid walks two steps with that, those bags, they're on the floor. It's not fair for me to give him those things, right? He can't carry them. His size, his weight, his strength, he can't carry that kind of thing. And here's the thing. When we think of fairness, we think that's how God plays. We think that's how God does things. That's how God brings things into our life. It's only because it's fair. And here's the thing. We only like fairness when it plays in our favor. But here's the other thing. We don't want like fairness, because if we wanted God to be fair, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have forgiveness. We wouldn't have grace. We wouldn't have this thing called mercy. We would actually get what we deserve, which every single one of us in this room, including myself, we would all deserve death. That's what's fair. And so in reality, we don't want God to be fair because I don't want those things. I don't want to have to stand before God and not be seen as righteous and blameless. I don't want God to be fair. But here's the other thing that this, this line of God not giving us more than we can handle does. It, it points to a power within. You, you heard, the, heard it, right? God won't give you more than you can handle, than I can handle. The hero there is me. It's you. I have the power within. That phrase points inwards and not upwards. And so what that does, it begs a question. Because everyone's like, I can handle it, right? I got it. I can handle it. If that's so, the question is this. What's the point of God? If I can be my own comfort, if I don't need to ever be uncomfortable, why would I need a comforter in my life? 
If I can heal myself, why would I need a healer? If I can protect myself, why would I need a shield or a fortress to run to? And the list could go on, but that begs the question, if the power is within me, why do I need God? See, this is why this line is so dangerous for us to believe in, because it not only affects us, but it affects the world around us. Because the world around us is looking at Christians, at looking at people who claim to, that claim to follow Jesus to speak love. And this, this line doesn't speak love. And so in the last few moments that I have with you, and in this last times I have with you, I want to give you just two truths. Two truths that, that reveal to you that God actually promised something different. That he actually promised you will have more than you can handle. That I will have more than I can handle. And I want to show you a verse, I want to show you a section of scripture that God actually talks to his disciples, that Jesus is giving kind of his last words to his disciples, and it's kind of shocking a little bit to be, think that these are some of his last words to the people that have been following him for three years. But this is what he says, and it's found in the book of John. John, starting in chapter 16 and verse 20, Jesus says this to them. He says, I tell you the truth, you will weep and mourn. Well, that's real nice. You will weep and mourn over what is going to happen to me, but the world will rejoice. You will grieve, but your grief will suddenly turn into wonderful joy. See, he didn't say health, wealth, and happiness, right? He didn't say all good days ahead. No, he said the complete opposite. You will weep and you will mourn. But let's keep going. 21, it says, It will be like a woman suffering with the pains of labor. When her child is born, her anguish gives way to joy because she has brought a new baby into the world. I actually have uh, two kids, and so I know this quite well, this whole process. Um, and, and I know Michelle has just, and Mark has just experienced this recently, but it, it is, I mean, you watch the movies, you see those things, it's, it's rough. It, you're, you're hating everybody in the room at that moment. But as soon as, as soon as they bring that baby to you and you get to hold that child in your arms, you forget all of it. <laughs> It's a weird thing. It's crazy. But that's what happens. That after all that pain and anguish, there comes joy. Let's continue. In verse 22, he says, so you, ha- so you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Then you will rejoice, and no one can rob you of that do- joy. See, Jesus says you will have bad days. There will be hard times. But your pain will turn into joy when you continue to walk with Jesus. And this is so important. This is so important. This last verse that he says in this chapter is so crucial. In John 16, he says, I have told you all of this, so all of these things that I just told you, all these bad news things, pretty much, I've told you this so that you may peace in me, because here on your earth you will have many trials and sorrows. See, Jesus is giving his followers a promise here. A promise not just for good days or good vibes only, but a promise that there will be hardship, that there will be trials, there will be persecution, there will be suffering, there will be pain. But here's what we can see tonight and what we're going to unpack is that Jesus never allows pain without a promise. That Jesus never allows pain in our lives, hard times, without connected to a promise. Because I think many of us in this room tonight, because there's a lot of you, I think many of us are going through a hard time. 
We're going through a hard, hard season of life, a hard moment of life. Um, maybe we're walking through rejection. Maybe we're walking through um, a broken relationship. Maybe we're, we're walking through loss. Maybe a family member has, has received bad health news. And we're walking through this life in this season of hardship and trial. And instead of me saying, you got it, <laughs> you can handle it, God won't give you more than you can handle, he says the opposite. He says, I'm going to give you more than you can handle because it's going to reveal two things. It's going to show two things. The first one is going to pain and, and sorrow. What they're going to reveal is your foundation. It reveals your foundation. The disciple Peter, the guy who, who walked on water, um, who actually started, and, and God said, you're going to be the rock that I'm going to build my church on. He, he wrote this letter to a church that was going through I mean, ridiculous, extreme persecution. So, so terrible that I don't even want to say how, what it is because it's just, it's awful to even speak of what this church and the persecution they were going through was like. But Peter writes this letter to them and it's, it's, it's shocking. But he says this in 1 Peter 1, 6, so be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead even though you must endure many trials for a little while. And then he goes on to verse 7 and even says, the trials you have in life will show your genuine faith. The trials in your life will show that your faith is genuine. And if there's a genuine faith, there's a counterfeit faith. If there's a real faith, there has to be then a fake faith. And so when the pain of life comes, what it does, it reveals is our faith real or is it counterfeit? When you're rejected from grad school, do you question if God exists? When you go through a breakup and you thought they were the one, do you think God doesn't love me anymore? When a loved one passes away from cancer, do you stop trusting that God is good and all-powerful? When hardship comes into our lives, there are things that can show us, is it real? Is my foundation going to stand or is it going to crumble? And here's the thing, I know this personally because this was my life. I grew up going to church. I knew all the hymns. I knew when to raise my hand. I knew when to sit down. I knew when to take the cracker and drink the juice, all the stuff. But when my identity was questioned, when my identity started to crumble, my faith started to crumble. And it revealed to me, I actually had built my life, my faith on something that wasn't strong, that wasn't Jesus. And for many of us, we may have done the same thing, that we've experienced hurt and pain in our life, and we go, God, are you even there? Do you, do you even exist? Do you love me? And we see this in our lives, and we maybe have seen this in other people's lives. They're doing the whole church thing. They do the whole Jesus thing, and life gets hard, and they're gone. They've ghosted you. Hey, you come into the exchange? Nothing. Because something came up, something hard came up, and they walked away. And that reveals something. That shows something. See, and I not only experienced this in my life, but I've seen it in my friends. I've seen it in my family. And to be honest, this is what hardship can do for our faith. Hardship can show us this, that a faith that has been tested can be trusted. That a faith that has been tested can be trusted. 
So if you're still standing after going through a hard season, your faith is real. If you're still trying to worship, even though things aren't going the way you thought they were going, your faith is real. If you're still showing up here on a Tuesday because you believe Jesus is who he says he is, I found real community in this place, your faith is real. And that's what we can see when hardship and trials come into our lives, that those things that try to overtake us actually cause our roots to grow deeper and stronger in Jesus. And so that we can stand, that we can still remain true. But here's the second thing that pain and trial does, because not only does it reveal our foundation, but it readies us for our future. It readies us for our future. See, giving you more than you can handle isn't just something that's happening to you, but it's also something happening within you. Let me, let me explain this. We want strong faith. I want a, strong, a faith that's built to last. I want, I want to be able to handle more things in my life. I want to take on more responsibility. Well, here's the thing that's not an easy thing. There's, there's a passage that, that James writes to a church, and he says this in James 1, starting in verse 2. He says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow, so, it, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing When pain comes into our life, it can actually be something that readies us for our future, that it prepares us for what's to come. It's something that strengthens our faith. I was I was never a runner. Um, For those of you that run, I'm sorry, you're crazy. But running to me was was a punishment that my coach either gave the team or because I decided to eat too much ice cream and so I had to go for a run. I, I enjoyed lifting. That was what I went. I loved going to the gym. Um, don't do it as much as I should anymore, but I loved it. It was something that I enjoyed doing. And for those of you in the here that, that do lift, or you know at least what it is, you're not there just to take a picture of yourself. Um, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, you know that everything you're doing in the gym is resistance, right? So, so you're pulling, you're pushing, you're pressing, you're squatting, you're doing stuff that's resistance. You're building something up. And endurance and resilience need something pushed hard against it to be built up, for it to be pushed up. For, for you to have resilience in your life, there has to be resistance. Which means that the testing of your faith produces endurance and resilience. It makes you stronger. It makes your roots grow deeper. That when those hard times come, you're not falling over, but you're standing strong. That you're standing strong. Before I I got to be in full-time ministry, which is what I get to do, and and it's an incredible privilege, um, I was actually an intern. And I know many of you maybe know that life. You know the intern life. Um, It has its ups and downs. Uh, There's sometimes free food, but the rest of it is stacking chairs, pretty much, um, if you're doing ministry. So so that was me. Uh, And at one point in my internship, I felt God was calling me to full-time ministry. Um, and it wasn't the re- direction I was originally planning. I thought I would go um, into to something else, a medical field, but he, he called me into full-time ministry. I was already two years into my internship 
which if you, you know internships, that's a pretty long internship already, two years. You're really not usually in an internship program for that long. And so I'm, I'm feeling this call. I'm praying. I'm waiting. God, when's my turn? When, when do I get to go? When, when do I get to be called forward? When is it my time to step into this? It wasn't until three years after that moment that I actually got my first opportunity into full-time ministry. And so that's five years of interning, of waiting, of hoping, of asking, of praying, of questioning, God, did I hear you right? Is full-time ministry really where you want me? Because I thought a door would open by now. I thought I wouldn't be rejected this many times. But here's what that waiting did. It readied me for where I'm at now. It strengthened me to where I can stand now. In that hardship, in that waiting, God was preparing my future because the resistance readied me and it readied my faith for my future. You may say, Allie, I can't see it though. <laughs> like, I can't see it. I'm so overwhelmed uh, with work, with my job, with my family, with my friends. I'm so discouraged. I'm so hurt. I've been rejected too many times. Could it be, hear this, could it be, exchange, that God's preparation comes packaged in pain? Could it be that God's getting you ready for your future by first readying your faith? Could that be it? Could that be what's going on? Could it be that your pain has a purpose? See, Jesus, in this, this time that he's sharing with his disciples, these last few words, he said that line that I read in, in John sixteen thirty three. I want to read it again to you guys, and you see this. He's sharing with them a promise. That yes, they're going to face trials. Yes, they're going to face hardship, but there's something else connected to it. In John 16, 33, he says again, I have told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart. Because I have overcome the world. See, Jesus says trials and hardship and pain is going to come. And it's going to come in all different sizes. There is going to be times of overwhelming suffering that that will come our way because we live in a broken world with broken people. But when it comes down to this, we can trust Jesus' promise. And the promise that Jesus never allows pain without a promise goes deeper than just saying, hey, I'm going to give you what you can handle. He says, I'm not going to give you, I'm going to give you what you can't handle because this is the promise. He says, we will not be given more than he can handle. Do you see that change? It's no longer me about what I can handle. It's about what he can handle. For in Christ, we have peace that has already been overcome by all things in him, not in this world and not within ourselves. In Jesus we have peace. We have a peace that has already overcome all things. See, what this shows me is that there's things in my life that I'm not going to be able to handle. There's things in your life that you're not going to be, be able to handle. And it's not something that I have within me that I can muster up, that I can do my own strength and build my own ability to take on those sufferings, those trials, but it's in Jesus. It's not my strength that I've built up. It's his strength within me. That's where we get it wrong. That's where we struggle. Because we think, I got it. I can handle it. I got this. I can move forward. When in reality, you can't. And you need his strength. 
And so that resistance, that resilience that is being built in you is not your own, but it's his. It's his strength being built in you to withstand those trials, to withstand those hardships, to stand tall. See, it's not the strength that I have to overcome, but it's the strength that he's put in me because I'm in him. And that's the question for you tonight. Are you in him? He compares a lot with the world and with being in him. And many of us can find ourselves kind of teetering the line. Am I here or am I there? And then when those storms in life come, those hardships come in our lives, where do we fall? Where do we land? Because here's the thing. Our greatest need is not that all the pain goes away. Our greatest need is not that all the hardship, all the trials stop happening. Our greatest need was actually met on the cross when he wiped away our sins. That was our greatest need. And so where do we go from here? Because guys, this is a heart issue. It was something I struggled with. That I thought God was just going to give me those good days. Bad days were behind me. I'm not experiencing those more anymore in Jesus, but it's not true. And I think you understand that and you know that to be true too. There are hard times. There are trials. There are hardships that we are going to face. But it's where we're going to move once those things happen in our life. And so in this moment, I really just want to speak to a couple different people in the room tonight. Wherever you find yourself in this walk with Jesus, in your faith journey, I think we all have to come against this lie at some point and realize that God has purpose in our pain, that God has purpose in your pain and in mine. And so tonight, maybe this is you, that you've been trying this Jesus thing and you found it's, it's not making life easier like you thought it would. Like, it's not good days all the time. But can I, can I challenge you, though? God is showing you that, no, it's not just all good days ahead of you. There are hardships. There are trials. But before me, you walk those alone. And now with me, you walk them with me. You're not alone anymore. And so maybe that's you. But maybe this is you. Maybe you're actually in this hard season. You're in this this hard moment, this hardship of life, and you're not seeing a light at the end of the tunnel. There's no hope for this. It's just gone. It's just lost. Can I remind you that if you're not dead, God's not done? It's a great line, right? If you're not dead, God's not done. So have hope in that. But here's the last one. Some of us just need a perspective shift. Our eyes just have to move and shift. And here's where it needs to be, is that we need to come to a place of confession. We have to come to a place of confession saying, God, I've been trying to handle it. I've been trying to do it on my own, but I can't. I can't handle it on my own. I need you to step in. I need to surrender it. couple different people in the room tonight and tonight 
I think some of us can resonate with, with one of those three areas. And what I want to do is I want to pray for you. We believe in the power of prayer. We believe in the power of confessing. We believe in the power of repentance and forgiveness too. And so tonight I want to pray for you. So I'm going to ask you just to, to bow your heads and, and close your eyes with me. And, and if what I shared with you, one of those three people, if that's you, I'm going to ask you to do something a little bold. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand because I want to pray for you. So if that's you and, and you've found yourself in this place of trying this Jesus thing, it hasn't made life easier, but now you realize I'm not doing it alone, raise your hand. If it's you that you've in a, you are in a season of hardship, you are not seeing the light at that tunnel, and you've been reminded that if you're still alive, God is still going to use you. Can you raise your hand? And the last one, those of us that just need our perspective shifted. We focus too much on the trials and the hardships and the pain that we've lost sight of Jesus when all he wants us to do is just run to him. If any one of those are you, can you just lift your hand in this moment? And I'm gonna pray for you because God is recognizing your heart. He sees it fully and completely. And so Jesus, tonight we come before you knowing that we can't handle it. We don't got it. And Jesus, we see that we live in a broken, hurting world and we experience hurt all the time. We experience pain and trials, Jesus, but nothing is greater than you because your word says you've overcome it. You've overcome this world and that we can have peace in you. And so, Jesus, tonight, for these hands that are lifted, I pray that you will give them peace. That you will give them peace through their trials, through their hardships. I pray that they look to you. That their faith is genuine and real. And those trials that they face only prepares them for what's to come. Jesus, you love each one of these young adults in this room tonight and you know their hearts completely and we love you in your name we pray amen amen, amen.